You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you on what was a challenging Wednesday afternoon, a frustrating Wednesday afternoon, if you will, for the Atlanta Braves, who fell by a 3-2 score to the Washington Nationals in the finale of their three-game series. And thus, the Braves' long winning streak at home is over. Their five-game winning streak is over. And, of course, well, uh, their perfect homestand is not to be. However, the New York Mets got a little bit of a taste of their own medicine against the Milwaukee Brewers. They were dealt a loss with a grand slam, playing, a, I guess, a big part, a big highlight of that. And so the Braves did not lose ground in the NL East, but it still felt like a day where there was a missed opportunity for Atlanta as far as wins and losses are concerned. We'll get into all of the uh, the how, the when, and the why of it as we continue here on the Braves postcast. Before we get started, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, I feel like this was a day of kind of self-inflicted wounds for the Braves, and it proved to be too many in a one-run loss to the Nationals. Yeah, with the ugly game overall, I mean, from base running, defense, you know, just one of those games that happens over 162, but when you're at this point of the season and it feels like you have to win every game, obviously stings a little bit more, and, you know, an opportunity to gain ground on the Mets goes by the way, but I mean, the Braves have been winning a lot of these games. They still win the series. You're going to have games like this. And unfortunately, especially in a day game and a series finale for the Braves, once again, trips them up. Yeah, it feels like those day games and those series finales, and particularly the series finales on day games, have not really gone the Braves' way. And I couldn't find it. My magnifying glass is around here somewhere. But that's what every Braves win is under right now, is the magnifying glass. How you lose it, how you win it, every move that's made, every move that's not made. It is a time of year where you just don't feel like there's any margin for error whatsoever. And in a tight divisional race, for good reason. Braves and Mets, just one game separating them as we head into the final couple of weeks of the season. The Braves with just 13 games to go after this one. Let's talk about game number 149, a loss to the Washington Nationals to close out this homestand. Washington just 52-97, and 97, but they got three runs on six hits. A couple of errors for them. They left nine men on base. The Braves, meanwhile, two uh, runs on 10 hits. Two errors and eight men left aboard. Atlanta 93-56 and 56 on the year. Andres Machado picks up the win in relief. He's 2-0. and 0. Jesse Chavez takes a loss for Atlanta. Gave up the go-ahead two-run homer. He is 4-2. and two. And Kyle Finnegan nailed down a save in a game that lasted three hours, 13 minutes. Crowd of 37,240 paid to see it. And what they saw was Bryce Elder starting in the stead of Max Freed. The Braves decided to shuffle their rotation. They're going to skip Spencer Strider this time through, so he's not going to make his turn as scheduled. But Bryce Elder, I feel like, Gave you just more of what you've come to expect from him in the second half, Jake. Five and two-thirds innings of one-run ball. Nothing wrong with what Bryce Elder gave the Braves yet again for the third time here in the second half to help them be in position to win a baseball game. He's been huge in what the Braves have needed him to do, and that's to just help relieve some of these young starters who are at innings levels that they're not used to or accustomed to, and he's been absolutely great. And so to be able to have guys you can call up to be able to do that and you know give you solid innings, give your team a chance to win. Again, I thought defense could have made some plays behind him to really help him have an even better outing. You know, he hurts himself every now and then with some walks, but overall, yeah, I mean a, a great outing from him and 
Like, it was really good to start the season with the Braves, and he stuck around in that rotation a little bit because he can be so good. He has four pitches that just move all over the place. The only problem with him is just being able to command those pitches. So I like what Bryce Elder has been able to do. I think he could be a future piece of this rotation, especially he fine-tunes his command a little bit. But, again, doesn't throw hard, but just has a lot of movement on all his pitches, gets a lot of weak contact, and gets some strikeouts as well. Yeah, he does. And it is hard to imagine that there's a scenario where when the Braves come back around to spring training in 2023, at the very least, a Bryce Elder's name is not one that we're talking about as somebody having an opportunity to help out in the Atlanta rotation. He's done some great work in AAA Gwinnett to get himself back to this level or really elevate himself to the level that we've seen him here down the stretch. And five and two-thirds innings on this day, a run on four hits, couple of walks, and six men left, or excuse me, six strikeouts for him. Uh, the one real thing that hurt him was kind of a bizarre hit by pitch of Josh Palacios in the fifth inning. He was squaring to bunt, had his foot out of the box, kind of over in behind the plate. It was ruled a hit by pitch. There was no challenge from the Braves. I don't know that it would have been overturned, and I have no faith whatsoever in Major League Baseball's replay to have changed that, but that did lead to the one run against Elder, Unfortunately, the Braves ran into some trouble in the bullpen as Tyler Matzik came on, got Elder out of trouble in the sixth, but then the seventh, a costly walk, and Jesse Chavez came in, and former Braves farmhand Joey Manessis uh, with a go-ahead two-run homer, a blast into the Hank Aaron Terrace, and that turned out to be all the runs the Washington Nationals would need to win this ball game. But, Jake, I don't think the focus is really so much on either Jesse Chavez or, or the you know even really uh, what Tyler Matzik or – uh, Bryce Elder did on this day. I think you could really look at the Atlanta offense and kind of wonder uh, where did all the big hits go in this one? And in particular, what in the world was going on on the base pass? We saw several costly plays, I feel like, uh, whether it was a strike him out, throw him out, double play, which is pretty low on my list. Vaughn Grissom getting doubled off of first base in the fifth inning certainly hurt. And then there's the eighth inning where everything seemed to go wrong and what looked like the Braves' best opportunity to not only tie the game, but maybe have a big rally and win this thing. Yeah, they just had the Ron Washington bobblehead, uh, you know, wave them in. And when Riley hesitates there, you got to put up the stop sign. I, I mean, I, I'm not putting that all on Wash, but you got to put up the stop sign there. I just don't think it would have been worth the risk once Riley hesitated there. But just bad base running all around. Saul Snit in the press in the post game talking about, you know, Contreras needs to watch the runner in front of him. Yep. I went back and looked at it. I thought he kind of stopped about the same time Riley did. I just don't think he saw the stop sign from Ron Washington in time, but either way, there's got to be some, some better base running there. You mentioned the strike him out, throw him out after a great at bat by Dansby Swanson. Mm -hmm. All pitches. Yeah. And then, you know, he had perfect pitch inside that he, he can't get to a pitch that a lot of times he'll turn on and, and drill, but uh, unfortunate there. And then yeah, another play with Grissom later where Victor Robles is covering all the ground in the world out there mm -hmm. and gets to that ball and doubles him off. So just that kind of game. And then even after the base running miscue from Contreras, you had Eddie Rosario line out on a ball yeah. he just demolished that goes right to C.J. Abrams, who's playing in a shift up the middle. So a lot of things didn't go the Braves' way this day. They had 10 hits, all of them singles, and it's really mm -hmm. hard for this offense when they're not getting those extra base hits and home runs, as you know. And uh, just when you, you know, couple that with the base running mistakes, a couple of things not going their way, uh, you know, that leads to an offense not able to put up a, a bunch of runs. Yeah, it really did. I feel like you know, the big play with Riley, I know a lot of people question, well, why would he even be going back to second base? Well, from his vantage point, he has to make sure that Michael Harris's single actually is not caught or flagged down by a middle infielder. and He doesn't get doubled off second base. So I understand why he went back to second. 
I felt like the stop sign, though, really, I mean, it did no favors to William Contreras. And I guess there is some awareness that you do need to have about what's going on in front of you with that base runner. But if you're just looking through that play and you see Ron Washington with the windmill going, even for just an instant before the stop sign went up, I can imagine it will start to get a little bit confusing. The throw wasn't altogether that great, so it seemed like, you know, maybe it was a risk worth taking. But in hindsight, we can say all kinds of stuff about that. But the late stop sign, it caused all kinds of trouble for Atlanta in that inning and just kind of, uh, you know, the, the more frustrating, as you just brought up, Eddie Rosario hits one about as hard as he can, but right at somebody, that inning is over and the Braves' day was done as far as big offensive threats and opportunities to score some more runs late. It was just a little bit of everything that went wrong on the base pads, a handful of sloppy plays defensively as well. Another error for Matt Olson. Uh, that's certainly not something that we really expected when he came over from Oakland. And, of course, he's kind of been grinding through it, trying to pick up some base hits here in September. Those have been fewer and further between. So I would imagine that as far as the frustrations are concerned, there was more than a little bit to go around for quite a few Braves players on this day. Yeah, and you saw it with Matt Olson. I, I tweeted out late in the game. He had a a base runner there, and he comes up and gets ahead 2-0 and then just mm-hmm. swings at three pitches that weren't even really particularly close yeah. in the strike zone. It just feels like he's pressing. He knows he's struggling. He's trying to break out of it all in one swing, you know, and come up with that big hit. And, you know, he just needs to stay in himself, and that's harder, you know, easier said than done, obviously. But you know, he knows he's not contributing to the level that he needs to and that the Braves want him to and that he wants to. And so it's just he's starting to show signs of the guy that's trying to slug his way out of this slump and do too much when, you know, take your walk, continue to put pressure on the pitcher. Carl Edwards Jr. was struggling right there with his location, and I felt like he really helped him out in that at bat. Yeah, it's just all of the little things that kind of added up to a day like this where the Braves, you know, they lost 3-2. to two. I heard Brian Snicker talking to the postgame presser, as you did, you know, about the base running in particular. And when you make that many mistakes, you know, that's going to cost you in a one-run game and and you're going to not have the easiest chance of winning a game like that. And it's also something Snit said that, you know, is in their control, something they want to clean up, something they just had a meeting about yesterday. So this seems to be kind of an odd and a bad time uh, to end up having a handful of base running mistakes be on the ledger. But uh, when it comes down to spring training, the Braves have that nice new facility with a nice big auditorium. And Snit said that they're going to, uh, hold a little bit of, uh, I guess, a, an overall symposium on base running, if you will, but that we can talk about in February. Either way, the the awareness is what Brian Snitker really underscored as the important thing for guys on the base pads because it cost him on this day, and it has cost him a handful of times throughout the course of the season, which it's going to cost just about any team. You're going to make some mistakes, but everything's under the magnifying glass, and you don't want to see much of that going forward, of course. Now, the good news is, of course, that the Braves, you know, they did, while losing today, not lose any ground in the National League East as the New York Mets lost to the Milwaukee Brewers by a 6 nothing score. Mike Brasso with a pinch-hit grand slam to put that game out of reach. That just one day after Francisco Lindor hit that go-ahead grand slam that gave the Mets that win. So the Brewers finally, by avoiding a sweep, do help the Braves out and not losing any ground. But, of course, we know for Atlanta, right around the corners, four games with the Philadelphia Phillies, one more meeting with the Nationals, and then that meeting with the Mets that is coming up. So we are down to the nitty-gritty, as they say. We'll get you set up for game one of four against the Phillies on Thursday. Before we do, I want to remind you that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves Post Gas. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. Head on over to coffeeam.com slash locked on today and take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on to check out get 15% off your first order of coffees, teas, and gift sets. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. 
Okay, so game one of four at Citizens Bank Park. Braves have to hit the road now for seven, Jake. Uh, they will have Max Fried on the mound against Rangers Suarez, so that should be a good pitching matchup in the opener of this four-game set. Freed is gunning for win number 14 of the season against Suarez, who goes for win number 10. And we have seen the Phillies not too long ago, so both of these clubs and, well, both of these starters should be pretty familiar with the other team. Well, they should be. And, look, I keep saying it, but hopefully it's an, an opportunity for the offense to break out. Not ne- Maybe not necessarily against Ranger Suarez, who's a good pitcher, but in a ballpark who is uh, that is conducive to some offense. And we've seen the Phillies pitching give up some big runs. They gave up 18 to Toronto the other night. So, yeah. uh, again, even in a series against the Nationals, I still felt like there was something being held back with the offense. So would love to see them get going. Obviously, Max Freed on the mound. Uh, you're expecting a good performance and an opportunity to win there. So, again, as we see on Wednesday, the margin for error for the Braves right now is so small. They pretty much have to win every day out there, and that's a lot of pressure, and that's hard to do. And still, they've been going out and doing that for the most part. So, just got to continue playing that winning baseball, and hopefully the Mets stumble up here down the stretch as well leading into that series. Yeah, I mean, coming down the stretch, the Braves are going to lose another game. The Mets are going to lose another game. They're both going to lose plural amount of games. How many, though, is, of course, the question, and how big that margin for error will be is the big thing that we're trying to determine down the stretch is it will make a difference in, you know, who wins the National League East. Both these clubs are heading to the postseason, but both of these teams want this National League East crown the Braves for the fifth consecutive time, the Mets for the first time in quite a while. Game one of four against the Phillies, though. That's what the Braves have on the slate on Thursday. Max Freed, 13 and 6. Ranger Suarez, 9 and 5. 7 15 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch at Truist Park for that one. Well, that'll wrap us up here on the Braves postcast, part of the all new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. It was a good homestand for the Braves. It ends on a down note. They didn't lose any ground, though, on the New York Mets, despite losing on Wednesday, as the Mets also. Uh, did not pick up a victory against the Milwaukee Brewers. So we're kind of in the same position we were in, which is neutral, but one game back is still a very manageable deficit, and the Braves will look to chip away behind Max Freed on Thursday. We'll have you covered here on the Braves postcast as well. And until then, for Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley, and we will talk to you soon. So long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 